0: Hello to all of you out there. I am Ulrike Seminati, host of the podcast Empowering Female Leaders for Women Who Want to Thrive. Every week you will get new perspectives, exciting insights and empowering messages of women from all over the globe. Welcome to another episode of my podcast. Powering female leaders. I am pleased to welcome Nemura Reque, who joins us from Brazil. Nemora will speak about the challenges of being a working mom in a pandemic. And she is convinced that we do not have to choose between being a participating parent or an excellent professional. Now find out in the next half hour what contribution we can all make to get concrete insights and take away something that you can apply to your own life. Welcome, Nemora. And uh, maybe you want to say a few words about yourself first.
1: Well, first of all, thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm so happy to be here sharing a bit of my experience. Yes, as you said, I am based in Brazil and I understand uh, maybe of some of my paradigms are coming from my cultural background as well. So it will be interesting to hear also from others and uh, if people want to share a bit of their experiences as well. Uh, but yes, I'm uh, based in Sao Paulo, Brazil, and we are just experiencing the second wave of uh, the surge of the cases of COVID-19. And While... We are, of course, following many restrictions. The scenario has changed a bit already, right? So now we at least have some flexibility. And I must say, today I'm talking about being a mom in a pandemic and talking about the experience of having the kids home and trying to manage things all at once. But today I have the privilege of having my kids in school. So just a few words about myself. I am a journalist by training, but I've worked in corporate communication my entire life. Uh, I've been in this market for over 15 years now, going on 20. And for the past almost 13 years, I've been working for Syngenta, a company in the agribusiness sector, and um, I'm now managing communications, so internal communications and external communications, including social media for the crop protection business in Latin America and Brazil. But I guess most importantly, I am the mother of uh, Catarina, who's five years old now, and Gabriel, who's almost three, he'll be three in April. And I can say for sure that that was the most transformative experience of my life, uh, both personally and in my career. And that's why I'm happy to share some insights with you all.
0: So, Nora, you have now five years' experience in juggling between juggling, motherhood yes. between motherhood and your professional life, which is a demanding one, but both are demanding. What are, in your opinion the main challenges to combine these two?
1: Mm-hmm. Before we jump into the challenges, I just want to make two very quick disclaimers uh one of them is that of course, I'll be talking about moms, but of course, these concepts apply to parents as a whole, right and but oftentimes we know the burden of caring for kids. And as for elderly, for instance, if you have your parents who require some special attention, or if you have someone with special needs in your family, usually this ends up uh, being the responsibility of the woman more than the man. Unfortunately, I'm a true believer that if men were to be more active participating in the care of people around them, the world would be a better place. But let's let's put that aside. I, I don't want to bring animosity. I don't want to make this about men against women, but uh, we have to acknowledge some of the facts around this. Uh, I also want to say that, of course, I, I'm, I, I say it was a very transformative experience for me, but I respect the opinions of women of all kinds and of all backgrounds and experiences. So if you're not a mom, if you've chosen another path in your life, and, or, or if you had, I don't know, other opportunities or other choices. Uh, I think these are all valid, but I really feel it's important for very different people to join in this conversation so that we can have a different perspective, uh, at the end of the day, ultimately, because I feel empathy is needed for everyone. And the second disclaimer is actually that I know I'm coming from an extremely privileged position, right? Because I live in a country that, um, has a lot of inequality there are many people who are struggling in this pandemic there w- the effects on the economy have been very hard and of course not everybody has the luxury of staying at home home officing. so in a way the problem that I have is ultimately a privilege because there are many people who if they don't leave the house to work that day they won't have dinner to put on the table for their kids so just just want to put it out put it out there and to say, Uh, I realize I'm coming from a place of privilege. But if you want to talk about the challenges, as I said, we can't deny that over the years, and and again, here I'm just focusing on on kids and um, the working relationship of the parent, in this case, the mom. But of course, these concepts apply to other situations, as you can imagine. Um, So over the years, of course, people have, gotten into the stereotype that if you're a mom oftentimes you're not paying enough attention to your career you're not uh, working as focused as you should be because oftentimes you are distracted because your kid got ill and you had to take them to the doctor or something like this and this is a problem because there will never be equality in the workplace if we still have that mindset first of all of believing that only women have the problem Right, that that we are the ones who are burdened by it, and if we're not trying to do anything that is more empathetic to change this, I I really feel it's very strange that we live in a society that is so um, negative towards kids in many ways. We were all kids one day, and if there wasn't somebody watching out for us, taking care of us, would we be here today? So how can we be so negative when we see somebody who's prioritizing their kids? So that, to me, is a contradiction. And so I, I really feel the problem is around that. We have to understand that it's not because somebody's choosing to take an afternoon off because they're taking the kids to, do- to the doctor or because they are dropping everything off at five o'clock to go pick their kids off at school. That doesn't mean that they are not focused on their career wanting to move on, um, wanting to take on bigger challenges and projects. It's just that we need to find new models of bringing all this diversity in.
0: What in your opinion is a... um is at stake if we don't do this. And I guess that the situation has probably changed during COVID as well, especially in Brazil. The schools were closed particularly long, a long, long time. Um, What has this changed and what is at stake? Because probably you can see that things shifted even to something that uh, applies more to something that we had 10 or even 20 years ago. Whereas we want to move on into the future with this situation and to find solutions for this. What is what is at stake if we don't, yeah, act upon that or even walk back towards something that uh, is from the past?
1: So I I really feel there is a lot in terms of what what can be done around this topic that is around flexibility and empathy, right? And if we don't bring these concepts in, oftentimes what's going to happen is that you are going to lose some of the talents that you could have because people at times cannot make the trade-off. How can you ask me to choose between my child and my job, right? I mean, that's, that's not fair. Uh, but of course, if I have to make a decision between my kid is sick and I have to take them to the hospital or there's a work meeting, again, I think people have their priorities, but I can say for myself uh, that if I would be expected to put work ahead of my kids every time, I, I'd not be willing to do that. And Again, I think it's important for us all to as a community see what we are asking of people uh, when we are looking into the care of the future generation uh, of what is what kind of society we want to build and keep so. What is at stake? I think it's mostly that you are alienating parts of the workforce that could be there making a difference, bringing different insights, bringing other perspectives. um, If you just don't give them the proper conditions to thrive because you have certain, in a way, old mindset or old paradigms about what working and being dedicated to work means at the end of the day. To show your commitment to work, do you have to be there from five to from nine to five, or do you have to what does it mean to be committed to work at the end of the day? and how do you show that? So I, I really think this is what the worst part of um, not addressing this issue is that you might actually lose a lot of opportunities of business deals of other things that could happen because you are alienating part of the talent of your workforce. Have you experienced this yourself during the COVID times? You see, I'm, as I said, in a very privileged situation. And that goes also to say that uh, I work in a team that is quite understanding of the situations that we've faced, right? So, um, as you mentioned, in Brazil, the schools have closed in March last year, and only now did they open again. They, they did last year for uh, some uh, activities, but not for the full teaching. So it was quite tricky. I, I did take my kids to a few days of school last year uh, around November, but it was not like I had them in full time back at school so that I could be fully concentrated at work. Um, and so what happened was that oftentimes they were here in the house, running around, screaming, requiring attention. And especially my kids are very young. And the moms of young kids will will know this, that they are Quite dependent on you. Like there are many things that they need. Like my kids cannot go to the fridge and get something themselves. They need they need my help for that, or change their diapers, or even to put them to sleep. And especially, I guess, one of the biggest challenges that we had is that while, of course, the schools were closed, the kids were being homeschooled. Right, homeschooled in a way. Uh, We were having this virtual kind of learning. So, for example, my daughter had classes every day uh, for an hour. It was either at 10 o'clock or at 11 o'clock in the morning. And that's prime time for meetings, right? Prime time for you to be working and showing your commitment in a more traditional mindset. And so, but, but what I did have the chance to say to my colleagues, please, let's try not to book meetings at this time because I'm, I cannot be available. So that I could join her for the activities. Again, a five-year-old in front of a computer. She didn't. She needed a lot of instruction and support to be doing what she needed to do. But then, what I did was I I put in the hours later in the day. So after they were they went to sleep. That's when I put in the hours. So of course, this is a dynamic that changed a lot because of the pandemic. I guess it just heightens the sense that you need a certain availability to care for young children. And I, I I guess that's rather obvious, right, in a way, because if we think about the mindset that we had or the situations that we had before, how often have you met people who've quit their full-time jobs so that they could take care of their kids, right? Taking care of kids is a full-time job. And we take them to school and this, the teachers who are there have studied and they, they know what they are doing when they're taking care of the kids and teaching them and we are of course doing the best that we can but we know it's not up to par so I really think um, it's become normal for people to see my kids trying to join in meetings and make faces and crying in the background and I'm sorry but you can't be annoyed by that you can't say that you're distracted by that because guess what it's super distracting for the person who's sitting here, right? And there's one thing that I find very interesting is that in the past, so prior to the pandemic, um, we already had that at the company, the, the home office policy, right? So I could take some days off and not, no, sorry, I miss, miss said that I'm not taking days off, but not going to the office and doing the work from home, right, I could do that. And usually the times when I chose to do that were the days when I needed to, I don't know, write something. I needed to read something that required my full attention and my concentration because the office is also a distracting place. Right. You hear conversations. There's people stopping by. Your phone is ringing. So when I needed to to do some really concentrated work, I used the home office alternative. And now during the pandemic, home office is not what that is at all. And I always said, I want to go back to the office because I want to concentrate a little. So it's really funny. And um, I I do hope we start going back into normality of sorts and uh, that the vaccination becomes available to as many people worldwide as soon as we can so that we can overcome this really big challenge of our generation.
0: You managed You managed a very interesting shift here that truly happens and that I hear everywhere, which is in the past, home, is, home office was quite a luxury. And we found that really great, as you say, when you wanted to work on something in a concentrated, calm way. And we saw it like this. And today we all realize that home office with the true family situation, which you have around, you might be also in a smaller apartment. And even if you don't have kids and just your partner is in the call all day long and you are as well, and you hear it through the doors, it's very disturbing. It's worse than being in an open space at the end. And, um, We get distracted by completely different topics as well at work, in the office when you're distracted. These are colleagues. So at least usually you stay within your working world in a way, whereas at home, obviously your kids come up with things that have absolutely nothing to do with it. And it's probably very hard then to concentrate back on again on the subject you were working on before. What have you done or what are you doing to be able to manage this whole stretch between a bit of homeschooling in the middle of the day, between having working hours that are probably all over the place now and um, and these expectations which seem to weigh even heavier on your shoulders than they did before?
1: Yeah, no, I, th- I think that's a very good question because, of course, what I'm going to say is not necessarily applicable to everyone, right? Because as I said, I feel the very basis of having a functioning uh, career as a, a mom, let's say, have to do with the empathy that you find on the other side. And I said in the beginning, maternity for me was a very transformative experience and I feel it's turned me into a better boss, a better employee, a better colleague, because it's brought upon me an empathy that I didn't have before. And I was one—I was once this young, ambitious girl, you know, like I remember when I was 23 and I had just started in the corporate world and I I just wanted to do all the work and I wanted to be engaged in all the projects and everything was so fascinating about the business world. And I saw the working moms and I saw the, the whole thing, you know, right, how the kids were calling them in the middle of the day to talk about some something that was not really important to my judgment at that time, or how sometimes they would have to call in and cancel the meetings because something had happened at home or at school when they they'd have to drop everything and go fix that. So there is a lot of that. And I feel, again, having this conversation and having as many people join as possible from all the different experiences and all the different profiles is the basis of that. You really have to learn with the experience of others. And... This is what I'm going through, but I'm sure there are other people who are experiencing other things, right? I can't imagine how hard it is, for instance, for somebody who lives alone and who's experienced this whole pandemic in complete isolation. That must be very, it comes with its own challenges. And I'm not underestimating those and not, not trying to downplay them. But of course, they, they come with different offsets, right? That That's the, the whole thing. But... Um, What I want to say that I feel is important is that, of course, you need to open up the conversations. You need to be able to talk to your colleagues. You need to be able to talk to your boss, even to your team, and leading by example, I think is a great, great thing, right? I um, happen to have all the people who report directly to me right now are working parents as a coincidence. And I think we have this very safe environment in which I understand that if they have to do something in the middle of the day for their kids, I know that they are not being light at work or uncommitted or something. I know that they'll do what they need to do later on or at another time. And I guess what matters at the end of the day are the goals that you've agreed with, the deadlines that you have. And as long as you deliver, who cares if you were working? And, and this is not only about the parenting thing, right? It, it, is, it goes to so many other aspects of the business life. Like who cares about dress code? Who cares if you were working in your pajamas? If you're being productive, productive in delivering the work that you need with quality, who cares what you were wearing? So I think there's all that. But there's something else that I want to mention about this one because I feel we, of course, are looking into the perspective of the pandemic because, of course, that brought up a lot of challenges, additional challenges. But this goes beyond that because it is about what needs to change in the workplace to be a more inclusive uh, environment for moms altogether. Because it is about the policies. It is about the maternity leave and what kind of grants do you give your employees, what's on the law and what's beyond that. It is about things like, I don't know, a family room where moms could pump milk, for instance. And it's not only about setting up a nice cozy room, but it's actually working the time in a way that they can actually use that facility, right? Otherwise, it's there just for show. So it's really reviewing all the policies and all the commitments that your company has to see to what extent the commitment and the environment that you're trying to create that is more friendly to working parents is just a speech or to what extent it's a real practice.
0: Do you see this uh, framework, uh, which is missing in many countries in different shapes and forms? Um, we have that discussion in, in many countries. Do you see that this is the, the pandemic and the situation that comes with it, where we have completely different requirements to the workplace now? Do you see this rather as a threat or an opportunity for, these, um, for, for the evolution of this framework?
1: I do believe it's an opportunity. I believe it's an opportunity because in the past, oftentimes, the the challenges that I'm talking about are things that we try to hide, right? Because we didn't want to talk about them and we wanted to keep our professional life so separate from our personal life. And the fact is that because we're now working from home, that division in a way has disappeared, right? You guys are inside my house. This is what you're seeing. So I, I guess... The sheer fact that we are in this new environment that forces us to deal with certain things that otherwise we would have tried to ignore, tried to keep out of the picture is conducive to an environment where these conversations can take place. So I do th- I do think it's an opportunity.
0: Um, when you have someone who is not at all accepting the fact, because you said you have a, you, you face quite a lot of empathy in your team and in your yes. environment, but what are what you doing we- when you have someone who's very much pushback back on that and who, who does not want to understand that you might not be able to do what you have to do during, let's call it the prime time, <laughs> and yes. that you will probably work in the evening and that this is not even seen. What are you doing to manage this?
1: Again, I think it's very important and there's not a single answer, I'd say, right? Uh, And I can imagine that oftentimes people don't have necessarily the openness to talk to their boss or they don't feel comfortable bringing this up, and that's understandable. But I think every company has their own resources. And again, we're talking about the specific context here, right, of people working in home office, therefore, in a company that has a minimum structure. Uh, I feel there are people in HR who might be able to support you in this case, like if you have to bring something like this up, and you're not comfortable having this conversation directly with your boss, for instance, or there are even in many companies, there are helplines that can help you with that. So what I really think it's important is that you have to try to establish the grounds. Oftentimes you'll have to say no, but I guess... That is interesting because this probably connects with the topic uh, that will show up in some other call, how women oftentimes have a hard time saying no to certain things and establishing the boundaries, right? And this is something that I feel we can learn from our peers, the men, because when they don't want to do something, they often don't and we feel guilty, we feel that uh, we are not necessarily doing our part, that we are showing that we're not committed, and I guess this has to become more natural as well, that we are also in a position to say oftentimes, no, not do it this way, no, not join this meeting at this time, and of course I'm not saying that anyone should be putting their jobs on the lines for that, but I'm just saying that if you don't have the proper environment to have the kind of conversations and the negotiations that are needed to introduce this kind of arrangements uh, in the teams and of course if the legislation is more is harder i guess that's trickier but i i do think it's worth trying to open up and trying to find other people in your same condition within your company to try to find a support network to form a group and together to take your claims and really try to make the change it's it's really It it may sound like a cliche, but it's really trying to make the change, being the change that you want to make. Right. So this this topic also goes in that line.
0: So I was just writing down quite a few things while you were talking (laughs) to to wrap up a little bit what you have said so far. Um, because the aim of the talk is always that our audience has a few takeaways where they think oh, I can have not seen it like this, maybe, or I have seen it like this, but I never deliberately made a choice to act upon this situation or for myself. So there are a few points which I found are applicable also to other people's lives. The first one I think is, an, is, is, is one which we know, but we all too often forget as well. It's about sticking to the goals instead of sticking to working hours. And many, many companies are still far away from that. But uh, as you said, COVID is an opportunity rather than a threat in this direction, because suddenly some companies are forced into, well, trusting their employees that they will do what they have to do whenever they do it. It doesn't matter if they do it in the morning, in the afternoon or on a weekend, potentially because they had something else in the middle of the week, their kids or other private um, constraints which they can't uh, just move out of the way so I think there is something where where we can even use this and deliberately foster this thing with sticking to goals and being more flexible in how we achieve them the second one is a very important one that is something we hear quite often in our talks and that is a challenge for women particularly and this is the setting boundaries piece (laughs) this is extremely important it was already before it is uh, it is already when you're not a mother and it is even more when you have this double job or maybe even a triple job because there are other people you have to care about so it is something which we can learn if we are not able to do this yet and it's something that makes a huge difference to our well-being and at the end to how we assert ourselves in our different roles so I think there is really something important in there and the third one is about the networking piece that is um, helpful here because we are not alone. We we always you always find people in the same situation as you are for whatever else actually. So I think here again it is a great time to make a change and to accelerate certain things to not drop back into some old role models which we had before, um, which is a risk which is there at some in some way because some studies show already that. Uh, usual household tasks and all of that are much more pushed back to women again, since, well, women are at home also all day, not only the men, in many countries both are at home, but still, yeah, it moves a bit on the woman's side in many countries, and I think there's a question of networking with others to not feel alone, to say, hey, I'm slipping into a certain model, which I don't like, what are you doing? that you're not in this model what did you do and here you're coming back probably to the setting boundaries piece as well Absolutely. you had to give our audience just one single advice when they are exactly like you in a situation where they are a working mom with kids any age um, and to have this problem of juggling between the two roles throughout the day what would be your one
1: main advice which you would give them That's hard, right? <laughs> i trying yeah. to summarize it all, but I, I, I do come back to the empathy bit because I think that's so important um, and it's not only with you and your other colleagues, but with the kids as well. The kids have been suffering as well. For them, this has, has been a huge mental challenge, uh, mental health challenge. They've been kept away from their friends. They've been kept away from their grandparents, from their extended family. So, of course, they act out. Of course, they require attention. And you you got to pay attention to that as well. But I, I really think there's something around... Um, putting yourself in the shoes of other people to understand why they're coming at you with certain expectations or with certain feedback, trying to break those barriers. And also, there's something that I always think is, is, it's a simple piece of advice, but it's, it's helped me throughout the time, which is assume the best of people. Don't come from a place that they are doing that because they don't want to be doing any work, because they're lazy, because try to assume the best and try to understand what's really happening because who knows that might lead into forming a stronger bond a stronger connection with someone that otherwise would be just a colleague
0: this was another episode of empowering female leaders what are the questions and topics in female leadership that you are interested in Let me know in the comments on YouTube and Instagram or join our LinkedIn group. I'm excited to hear from you. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe for new talks with inspiring women from all around the globe. Thank you for listening.